Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. And welcome to another episode of Leadership Conversations. My name is Casey Cease, and I'm here with my good friend, Josh Reich. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Casey? Doing wonderful. So as we enter into a new year, today we're going to talk about leadership and planning. And I want to begin by asking my friend Josh to talk through why he believes that leaderships don't, leaders, many leaders don't like to plan. Yeah, I think there's this idea, especially around the new year, people are talking about uh, resolutions and goals. And and for leaders, there, there's this constant tension about uh, planning ahead and how much they should plan ahead. And so I think for many people, there is um, a lot of people just don't like to plan ahead because of personality. Uh, they're kind of fly by the seat of your pants, just very, um, we're just going to see what happens. We're just going to let it unfold. And I know a lot of leaders who um, who like to live that way. A lot of people who are against uh, making resolutions because why make them? Because come February, I'm probably not going to accomplish any of them anyway. And so why live through the disappointment? And so I think a lot of us um, really, when we don't plan ahead and we don't make those goals and we resolutions, whatever you want to call them, um, we really set ourselves up uh, for failure and we really set ourselves up uh, to not be all that we could be and all, all that God has called us to be. And so I think planning ahead, goal setting, I think there's some downsides to it, but there are so many upsides to it uh, that, that we miss out on if we don't do it. And so Casey, I know for you, you coach a lot of leaders on strategic plans. You coach leaders through business plans. They're starting their churches or companies. Um, and a lot of leaders, I know you help coach uh, just through the process of setting goals for their year. And so I thought it'd be good today to just kind of walk through some of those things and, and walk through what you help leaders do. So if I'm coming to you as a leader and say, Casey, I need help creating a, a plan for the coming year for my company, for myself, uh, what are some of the things that you would tell me right at the very beginning of setting that plan up? Part of planning is just becoming aware of actually what is already in place. And many leaders, uh, they they focus on these big ideas that they're maybe 20 steps away from and they don't take in consideration their history. Um, some people attribute it to Cicero, some attribute it to someone else, but basically the person in history wrote, he who does not learn from his past is destined to repeat it in the future. And so what I do is I do a review form of planning where um, in a basic way that you, you listening to this can go through and do some basic planning it is very simple. What I tell people to do is go review the previous year. So in our case right now, 2017, and I want you to rate the top three things of your life, leadership, marriage, whatever, and the bottom three things. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting you to, um, you know, to church it up. You know, some guys like, oh, the sweetness of the Lord. No, I know that's supreme and premium, but, but I'm talking about like um, what's happened in life and leadership as you're reviewing your life this past year, that were the top three things and the bottom three things. And some people, depending on how analytical they are, like, well, I can't narrow it down to three. And I'm like, well, write 10 for, for, for them and then rate it. But, but be aware of your past. And so as you do that, what I do is have them take the, um, the top three and the bottom three. And I say, okay, as you look towards this next year, 2018, write the top 10 priorities that you have, things that you would like to accomplish in the year. And so they go through and they write the top 10 things and it takes a little while to get them started. And so what I usually do is help them look at, well, let's start at the, the, the low points of 2018. Now, obviously if someone lost a parent or something horrible happened, that's outside of their control, they may make it a priority of really taking time to intentionally grieve or something like that. But what I'm talking about mostly is, you know, we had 18 people, 
leave the church uh, because of poor communication. So maybe one of your goals for 2018 might be, we want to work on solidifying a communication process for our church that is more helpful, right? Uh, you might think through one of the goals for 2018 will be to develop and release this new digital product in Q2. Um, it may be we want to you know, develop a leader in our church. Whatever it is, I have them write down the all 10. And I say, out of those 10, which three are top priorities? Like, if you only accomplished these three things in 2018, what would they be? And I'd say, you know, what I try to do is help them pick out maybe one that they can attack in Q1, one that might take the entire year, and one that may be an ongoing thing. But help them find three things there. And you can, of course, break this down towards personal life. You can break it down towards uh, business or ministry. But but taking those goals. And then I take them, I make them take the top three things. And then I have them do a very simple stop, start, keep analysis. So they ask themselves a question, okay, what needs to stop in my life in order for me to accomplish this goal? What needs to start in this life for me to be able to accomplish this goal? And what do I need to keep doing in my life? So let's say you got a guy with a beer belly and you say, hey, um, he says, I want to lose 30 pounds this next year. You say, great. So what, needs to, what do you need to stop doing in your life? And he may say something like, I need to stop drinking beer during the week. Um, okay, great. I need to stop eating uh, carbs after 9 p.m. Some people need to stop eating carbs altogether, whatever it is. Like, so stop. And then what do you need to start doing? I need to start exercising. I need to start being um, intentional with my diet. I need to start planning meals on days I know that's going to be tempting to overeat. Um, and you start, you know, uh, whatever it is. Right. And then I ask them, what do you need to keep doing? Um, and so like the person might say, well, I've been make, being very intentional to drink more water every day and get enough sleep. So I need to keep doing those things. And so I help them start thinking through habits, right? Because, um, I heard a, a marketing guru say one time, he said, um, we are 100% disciplined around our habits. And so we break these, these goals down into, um, you know, maybe conversations or habits or behaviors or whatever that need to occur in order to fulfill those goals. And, and, and one thing, yeah, I heard someone say it one time and forgive me for not, if, if someone listens to this, knows who it is, you can send us a message or something. But, um, but they said, basically, um, a fail to plan is a plan to fail. And so without making plans, then you're going to hit exactly what you're aiming for, which is nothing. Um, but you know, the, the fallacy of the new year resolution is people say, I'm going to lose, I'm not going to eat chocolate ever, ever again, but they have no plan in place to fulfill those things. Right. Or I'm going to go, I'm going to work out. And that's why the gym, they love getting subscriptions at the beginning um, of the new year because people are all committed to losing weight. And their gamble is as a gym that they'll have more subscribers than actual users. And that will keep their cash flow positive and profitable and everything else. And so with, with ministers, a lot of times we say, well, we want to reach 50 people. Okay, well, great. So where are you going to reach 50 people from? They have no plan in place, right? I get it. Prayer. I get just personal evangelism, all those things. But when you start making larger, larger ideas without putting any sort of plan around it, you're destining yourself to, uh, to not reach your goals. And if you do, then you have no way to go back and assess like what worked and what didn't. Yeah, and I think it's important where you started. And so I want to walk back through this a little bit. And now that we kind of have the big frameworks and the mm -hmm. building blocks around it. So at the beginning, you talked about getting the facts of where you are. And one yeah. of the things that's amazing to me when you re read through the book of Proverbs, especially chapters 23 and 24, is it, the writer of Proverbs talks about getting the facts at any price. That, that facts, I mean, we hear it in leadership, facts are your friend, data is your friend. Um, we often don't like data and facts because they usually tell us a different story than what we feel. Um, and, and so, but data and facts and where we are are incredibly important. And I think one of the things that gets overlooked too when it comes to goals 
or, um, or just thinking through a strategic plan is whether or not we actually have the bandwidth to accomplish them. Um, whether we Absolutely. have the time to accomplish them. It, you know, I, I know I talk to a lot of people um, who, who want to lose weight because part of my story is I lost 130 pounds in 18 months. And so people are always asking, you know, how did you do that? What, what did you do? What, what did you eat? Like, what is the magic bullet, basically? And many times people just don't think through not only how long will a goal take, but the amount of mental energy that it'll take, the amount of emotional energy that it'll take. I know a lot of people get stuck when it comes to their marriage because they expect, you know, this problem that we've had for 12 years, we really expect it to be taken care of in 10 weeks, you know, and, and we just don't understand like why, why, why this is taking so long. And, and we really, we really underestimate where we are at just in our life stage or bandwidth and so then we overestimate what we're able to accomplish. And so I think really getting at those facts, it's so easy to overlook because our past is painful. 2017 for many of us or the year, whatever year you're listening to, the year before was painful for many of us. And so looking back is not, is not any fun. It's way more fun to look forward. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, but I think if you don't look back, you're not going to know what, what, what needs to change. You're not going to see the pitfalls that you've already gone through. And you'll probably end up, like Casey said, making the same mistake all over again. And so you talk then after looking back about narrowing it down. Um, and one of the things, I don't know how you, how you help people process this, but I think it's helpful just for you as a coach is to get some other people to help you narrow down your list. I mean, yeah, how, absolutely. do you see that being a benefit for, for leaders? Absolutely. You know, for, for those of us who are pastors, um, I usually go and set some goals and then invite my elders to speak into it. I invite my staff to speak into it. I even go to men that are in my life and I say, um, what are the top one to three things you believe I should be focusing on in 2018? And I get all sorts of things, but usually it's preaching and teaching, discipling men, leadership development, vision, those types, types of things pop up on, on that side. On business side, I hear things like acquiring um, larger relationships with uh, other organizations that we can do publishing with. So we do imprints for uh, some nonprofits. So they, that means they have their own publishing line. We manage it. And so my team really wants me in 2018 working on building some of those relationships we have and forging new ones. We're I'm developing a, a robust marketing plan for our authors, not to go reach authors, but to get books out and really promote books well, because that's a huge gap in publishing. And so that's a big project of mine in 2018. And I get feedback from my team. But I think part of being a leader is being able to tell on your own some areas of deficiency, putting that out there and then receiving feedback. And, and then and then from there, in, instituting some plans around that. So I was meeting with somebody today who was on staff at a, another church, not a high-level guy, but not a low-level guy. He's uh, over the children's ministry. And we went through this whole process. And I said, what I would do from here is plan these things out and the things that pertain to your role at the church, go to your supervisor and say, here's what I'm, I'm planning on doing. Is there anything you, you see me missing or anything else you would want me to focus on more than or instead of? And um, he's done that one other time. And it really was a blessing to his supervisor and extremely helpful to him. So it was helpful to the entire church to have him know that he's on board, but also really liberated him to be able to work effectively and efficiently in his ministry role. Yeah. And I think one of the things that gets overlooked with goals, I feel like a lot of times people make goals that they don't actually want to reach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I mean, 
like in talking with a lot of people about losing weight, people will often like they make very miserable goals. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I mean, those 18 months, it wasn't fun. Um, But the thing that I think people need to remember when they're setting some of these really kind of big audacious goals of weight loss, um, getting out of tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt, um, going back to school, starting something, what, what we're looking at is we're not looking at a one month or a two month project. You are literally looking at a life altering process. That's right. And, and that's an important thing to keep in mind because when it comes to these really big goals, you're going to have to change a lot of what you do. You're going to have to change your schedule, your rhythm. Um, you know, for me w- with weight loss, I didn't know anything about food. I didn't know, uh, I didn't count calories. I didn't know what a serving size was. And so I had to, I had to go and learn and educate myself on what that was. Well, that meant that I was watching less TV or reading less books that I wanted to read. Um, and so it takes a life altering process that you're bringing on. If you're going to be learning a new skill uh, you're going to be uh, trying something different in your marriage or if you're working with your child through something. And so I think we we really look past that fact when it comes to our goals. No, absolutely. And, and I, I, you make a huge, huge and wonderful point right there. Our goals need to be informed by our context. So if you are in the middle of, you know, a church plant and you're making $40,000 a year, knocking out $10,000 of credit card debt in four months is not a realistic goal. Maybe your goal to begin with is I'm not going to take on any new credit card debt over the next six months. I'm going to stop taking on debt and I'm going to create a plan to go. I'm going to focus on growing the church and maybe picking up a side hustle, like riding, driving Uber or something to make some extra money to pay it down. But, but you have to set goals that are attainable. And I would rather people make big goals. And it's one thing I do when I coach people is they may have like a big goal, like institute an online curriculum. Okay, awesome. That's like the finished project. But now we're going to, and there's a book called Scrum that was created by computer programmers that basically break down production and processes into bite-sized goals that you can sprint towards. So saying, okay, the end result is going to be an online curriculum, but the first thing might be, what is the theme? <laughs> that's, that's, step one is determine theme. Step two, develop outline. Step three, research each point on the outline. Step, step four, develop one of the curricula Step five, create it and place online and get feedback and to see what's working, what's not working, right? And so there's many goals, many, not many, uh, many goals, small goals along the way to ultimately get to that point of fulfilling that goal. And people, they, they just set themselves up for failure. I've done it many times where I'm going to start working out and about day three in, I haven't adjusted my diet, my food, my body's not ready and I'm burned out, sore and I quit. And so I've had to do it differently this time um, in just slowly, steadily building and growing uh, stamina and endurance as I began running. So, you know, one of the things that's helped us as a family is um, we took this from a Patrick Lencioni book where he talked about defining what is the most important thing in the next two to six months. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really helped us to break down. Um, and really the way that he defines it is you're going to have to do all these things in your job, your life, your, your family, you know, your, your kids, they need to get homework done. Bills need to be paid. You need to go to work. You need to do, you need to eat food and all these different things. But if you could accomplish only one thing over the next two to six months, what would that one thing be? And it might be longer than two to six months, especially when you talk about getting out of debt or, you know, going back to school or things like that. But that's brought a lot of focus 
for, for me personally, for our family. And so my wife, Katie and I will sit down and we do this with our, with our staff team at our church. We'll just talk through and say, what's the most important thing in the next two to six months? What are we going to put our energy towards? What, and this helps you, I think, to be able to say no to things that don't fit into that goal. To say, you know Absolutely. what, we're just going to wait on doing that. You know, I'm, I'm going to push that off um, for another six months because I'm, I'm doing this right now. And I feel like it gives you freedom to say no to those things. Because that's one of the reasons that I think we get, we get stuck in our goals is we don't feel like we have the freedom to say no to something. Um, and, and so when you're able to say, no, I don't want to miss out on this goal. I don't want to miss out on accomplishing this. And, and so that's been a really, really helpful framework for us. Well, and the goal actually then becomes the jerk for you, right? Because the goal is what's determining what you say yes to and what you say no to. I remember reading, I believe it was Eugene Peterson's a contemplative pastor. And he goes into this thing about the schedule where he didn't say it so bluntly, but he said, let your schedule be the jerk for you. Yeah. Um, where you calendar ahead, you block off time for prayer, um, for fasting, for studying, things like that, that pastors need to do. You, you, you put it on the calendar ahead of time because those things are important. And therefore, when people say, um, hey, let's go hang out or meet or whatever you say, I can't. And you're being legitimate. You're not, you're, you know, because pastors, we don't want to lie to our people. Um, but the reality is, is, you know, people aren't asking me often like, hey, man, how's your soul? Right. They're saying, hey, great sermon or, hey, when are you going to preach on this or right. They're more concerned about results than they are about the journey. And, and that's part of discipling our people. But part of it is also, look, as a leader, you're responsible for planning time to care for yourself, to care for your marriage, to care for your kids, to care for your health, to care for your own leadership development. And, and I think many of us are waiting for permission for someone else to tell us to do it or do it for us. And as a leader, we're meant to do it ourselves. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's put this together for everybody as we wrap up, as you're getting ready for the new year, or maybe you're already into the new year, depending on when you're listening to this. And so step one, look back. Yep. Look back. What, what was this past year like? What, what things can you celebrate? What things can you grieve? Uh, what things maybe didn't go the way you expected them to go? Um, what things there, there might even be some, some places where you need to reconcile with some people or some, some things that happened, um, that you need, um, to let go of, to be able to move forward. And so looking back, um, over this past year and just the highs and lows, what can you celebrate? I know as leaders, we're not very good at celebrating things. Oftentimes, um, we're really good at fixing things or finding out what's wrong, but, but take some time celebrate some things. Um, if you're not good at celebrating, ask somebody what they can, what you can celebrate. Um, cause there's a chance they know. And so after looking back, Casey, what, what do we do as we, as we move forward? Yeah. So moving forward is, you know, looking back, taking inventory on your life, what's been working, what's been strong, what's been good, what's not working. Um, and then making a list from that information on what, what are some 10 things? I mean, brain, basically the first step is brainstorming. What are all the things you could accomplish you think in 2018 and then prioritizing like, okay, if the, what's the one main thing, the three main things, and maybe get ambition, say the five main things and then start asking questions based on those priorities on, what it is that needs to happen moving forward. You know, what, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start, start doing? And what is it that I need to keep doing in order to really thrive and move forward? And I think as you begin going through that process, more questions will arise and, and you'll be able to at least start on that journey of planning out. Um, I encourage people to, like I said, listen to this podcast, um, to find a coach, to find someone to help them along the way and, um, and, and really develop themselves as a leader. Because the beautiful thing as leaders, once we learn to plan like this, we can train our people who lead under us and with us how to plan as well. And so it's a worthwhile thing to learn to plan and then to gauge how that plan is working as it's being executed. 
Well, good, Casey. Any final thoughts as we head into the new year? No, just take this time. It's a fresh beginning, a fresh start. Some of you listening to this are definite planners, all that. Hopefully something we shared may have, um, you know, spurred you on there. And if not, you know, then I just want to encourage you to keep going and to, as you're growing as a leader, plan for leadership growth, plan for your health, plan for your spiritual journey so that as we enter into the ends of our lives that we can look back and say, hey, we've lived well, we've lived intentionally and we stewarded everything we've had. Well, this is the time we have, all the time we have today for leadership conversations. We will be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com.